This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Brennan, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for Kirk Street and Adam Time will get to rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the gold medalist of time zones. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusCan.com. That's Matt Bruning. Austin Nace is back, and Chris Moxley is here, and I'm Felix Sharp on a struggling version of tonight's show. We talk by lows and spring games, but we start with uh, the seventh overall ranked wide receiver in the 2021 class. Ajay Hall is no longer with the Alabama program. Uh, according to Nick Saban, he has been suspended from the team for violations of team rules and, quote, whether they're academic or whatever, end quote. Hall was insert, inserted into the national championship game when Jamison Williams went down with an injury, and he was frequently targeted by Bryce Young. But with the addition of deep threat Jermaine Burton, we had speculated for some time about just how long he would be with the team. And he isn't now, Chris Moxley. What is your reaction? It took long enough. I mean, this was inevitable. I think this was inevitable going back six months, eight months. Um, when he started tweeting in the season, Nick Saban was calling him out in press conferences. Like, this was inevitable. There was almost no doubt in my mind that Ajay Hall would not be on Alabama for the 2022 season. It sounds like it's not going to happen. Um, we should have seen this coming with his profile, though. Like, he's a guy that had a lot of concerns heading into Alabama. I've talked about this a bunch, but I think it's relevant. You don't go, you don't transfer high schools three times, going four times, going to three different schools and be a player who does not have some level of character concerns. When Saban was calling him out, it was one thing. And then when he was on Twitter and his dad was on Twitter, that was one thing. It just all spiraled. And 
I mean, it, this wasn't surprising to me. And I think he'll go somewhere and he'll go to another Power 5 school. He's way too talented not to. I don't know if he ever puts it together at this point. And this is a cautionary tale, I think, a little bit about players who possibly have some off-the-field issues and not to overreact to spring games. I saw him going in the first round of, dev, or of, of C2C drafts right after the Alabama spring game. So maybe just, like, pump the brakes on those types of players. And Ajay Hall is now a cautionary tale. That That's kind of like Austin. my macro-level takeaway. Is is Ajay Hall good? I yeah, I think he's a good player. I mean, he was my top rated wide receiver. I didn't realize he had transferred all those times in high school. Um, certainly, probably would have been a red flag for me, similar to the Brew McCoy uh, insta transfer, um, which just totally took Brew McCoy off my list a few years ago. I think he's a good player, but I don't think we'll ever see it. No. Um, some rumors that some other big schools want him. But if you couldn't get it together at Alabama playing with Nick Saban and, you know, with Bryce Young as your quarterback in a situation where there were targets and, and snaps to be had, I can't imagine he's going to go somewhere else and magically wake up one morning and, and realize the error of his ways. Matthew, we saw this coming. Um, I mean, I think that we've got uh, Transfer Portal University, South Carolina. I think that that could potentially be a good landing spot for him and to pair him with with your boy Spencer Rattler. I, I don't know that I want to add someone else to South Carolina like that, but um, I think someone will take a shot on him. I mean, Chris Moxley mentioned it. He's a five-star guy. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, someone will take a shot on him. I think it's best that he's entering the transfer portal now, though it didn't go down the way, obviously, you'd want to. You'd like it to be a, quote-unquote, his decision, not him kind of being let go from the team. Like, like Saban has pretty much made that public. You, you'd like it to at least look like it was him who was making that decision. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think he's going to get a chance somewhere. You know, Wisconsin, you you just talked about it on Campus Life this week, right? Like, they need a good wide receiver for for Peyton Manning yeah. up there. Like, can, can Hall go there that. and help out? Like, I, I think – I don't think South Carolina is where he should go. I think he should go somewhere where he can absolutely, like, be the one for the next couple of years and, and, and hopefully dominate and, and – put a lot of this stuff behind him. I, I mean, not that he wouldn't be the one at South Carolina, but with Rat if Rattler does well and leaves this year, I don't know what the future looks like there. Where at least at least from what I read, Wisconsin's new guy, I can't remember what his name is now, but if Mertz ends up leaving for God knows what reason, because he's not going to improve his draft stock in one year. But if he does, the quarterback they have behind him is apparently looking really good in spring. So the big wide receiver guy says in the comments, uh, a guy haul to Ole Miss. Make it happen. They could use a uh, Jackson Dart could use a wide receiver there. All right, um, let's move on here to spring games. We had a couple of spring games are starting to ramp up, including Michigan, which I think they absolutely need to like push that to later in the season. If you know what March is like in Michigan, you would know that uh, pretty cold at this time of year. But Matthew, let's start with Louisville. If you could give us a recap of the spring game and tell us if it matters. <sighs> Does it matter is an interesting question. I think it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, like Moxley just mentioned with Hall, you don't want to read too much into certain things. Hall was literally the only wide receiver available in their spring game, which is why he was so good. Uh, you didn't have Brooks at Leary wasn't even there yet. And I believe um, Jojo was hurt as well. For Louisville, what I do think matters is how good Jalen Mitchell was. He's been very good in spring. He's the had the most production in the running back room coming back uh, for this team. 
um, had a really good spring game. And like I mentioned, was really good in practices. I think this may damper the love we have for Travion Cooley a little bit, especially with the fact that their head coach and his name just jumped out of my head. I was trying to, to find Scott out. Scott Satterfield. Yeah. Satterfield is also talking about how great of a pass blocker Mitchell was. He, he's saying that he is the best in the room, which then again gets you on the field. Talks about how great of a receiving back he was. He showed a little bit of that in the spring game as well. So I think having all that with him, I think kind of hurts Cooley's upside and, and doesn't necessarily clear the way for him, which maybe some of us were hoping for. So that's the real only thing I took out of the Louisville game is that Jalen Mitchell is likely going to be the starter, so hurts Cooley's value a little bit, and I do think he he can be good. I mean, 772 rushing yards last year. Pass blocker, like I said, uh, they're they're talking up how good he has been as a receiver in uh, in camp and in that game as well. So if that continues, he's probably got at least some uh, fantasy upside. Sorry, I was reading. I saw my name in the comments there, but I'm not someone that, like I'm super hopeful for. I think it's more of just like a a damper on Travion Cooley than anything else. We get accused of this being college football debate by uh, our own Mike Valerie and not Debbie debate. Is there anyone that matters on the Louisville team as far as Debbie purposes go? I mean, I don't th- maybe Malik Cunningham. That's it. I'll just say maybe someone, Malik Cunningham. someone will make the argument for Malik Cunningham. I don't see it, but I don't someone see will either. make the argument. I think Amari Huggins-Bruce is kind of interesting. He flashes a true freshman last year if you have a deep Debbie draft. I'm just I'm I'm trying I'm trying people. How many rounds? How many rounds? How many rounds do you have to get before you take it? <laughs> Fifteen Debbie rounds. Yeah. We we should note uh, Chris Bell there is a is a player that had big wide receiver guy likes that Mike Valerie likes, um, but I didn't see him make a play uh, in the spring game. But pay a bigger wide receiver, big athletic wide receiver, someone to keep tabs on. Um, maybe get on the end of your rosters in C2C and C2Cs. Uh, Austin, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, <laughs> no J.J. McCarthy, but the running backs uh, looked good and kind of looked like themselves in Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm. Yeah, you asked Matt if we care all about the Louisville game, and we probably don't care about the Michigan game either, but it's not like because there's nobody at Michigan. The thing we really wanted to see was a quarterback battle. We wanted to see where J.J. McCarthy was in relation to Cade McNamara. And, and that balloon was burst a few weeks ago when they said that J.J. McCarthy was out for the spring with that shoulder surgery. It does sound like they expect him back for preseason, so at least that's a good sign for anybody that's still uh, on the J.J. McCarthy train. Um, but that kind of rendered this game useless because there's not really a big positional battle that we care about for fantasy purposes, at least. Like We know Corum and Edwards are probably going to be the two lead backs in some sort of fashion, whether that's receiving or you know just total touches those two will lead who's the power back we don't know and i don't think we that that guy will necessarily be relevant unlike uh hassan haskins this past year the wide receivers do they have a guy that we really really like like michigan's been really really good the past five or six years of bringing in these uber athletes at the position and then just not developing them at all um and i I think, you know, Darius Clemens, who flashed a little bit in this game, the true freshman is probably just going to be the next guy that does that um, really big, really fast, but doesn't really know how to play wide receiver much at all. And that's probably not the school I would go to if that was kind of my right. my uh, right. my M.O. Um, but but he played well. So, I mean, and, and then like super, super deep cut. He's never going to play at Michigan. But Alex Orgy was a quarterback that I had borderline top 15 in this class uh, when he was committed to Virginia Tech. 
Uh, he was supposed to go there. And then at the very last minute, he flipped to Michigan. And there were rumors he would play linebacker there because he's just this big dual threat guy. Uh, but he looked pretty decent, you know, in terms of running around um, and, you know, showing off his legs in this game. So did we learn anything? You know, was this important? Probably not. Those are the, you know, the highlights and names. You know, Ronnie Bell didn't really play, I don't believe. Um, and then it's like, you know, they, they've said all offseason that they really want to get um, um, one of their big athletic wide receivers involved, and he didn't do anything. Antrell Anthony. There's Antrell Anthony, and there's Darius Clemens there. Anthony's flashed in one game last yeah, year. Anthony and had one game. Like, yeah, one game, and then <laughs> didn't do it anything else. Um, Chris Moxley, are, are you going to wait for J.J. McCarthy? AJ who's, who did who, – A.J. Henning. And, and then Ronnie Bell is going to be coming back. Did, yeah. No, none of them do, which is which let, let me just say this. I got into a Twitter spat with Mark in Michigan, who I believe is the one who creates backgrounds for people on NFL. I'm pretty sure we're from the same general area. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous to 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 argue the proposition that Michigan is somehow good for wide receivers. It just isn't. Anyway, um, quarterbacks. or quarterbacks or quarterbacks. Or running backs. Or, or skill position player, period. <laughs> that's that's exactly why I think that I think that I think that Tyler Van Dyke is going to get worse having a former Michigan offensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator now. Um, Chris Moxley, are you going to wait for JJ McCarthy? Like wait for him? Like wait for him? Like do you have expectations in for like him? the like notebook you, sense where I'll uh, I'll wait for you forever? Or or like what? No, I. So JJ McCarthy's like all upside, and I think he has a pretty small percentage uh, chance of reaching that upside. He has a lot of work to do and refinement. And if he's going to step in year three, like I'm pretty worried about what he can do. And I I don't trust the development behind the scenes either. So like even if he steps in year three, I think he's going to have a lot of work to do. I'm not totally on him because I think that he does have upside, but like where he's going in drafts, I'm not on him. Like I'm not waiting is for him. Is J.J. McCarthy out of high school a better prospect than Shea, Shea Patterson was coming out of high school? No, but I mean... Who they just Shea completely they completely wasted there? They like, wasted. Yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, not that Shea Patterson would have been amazing necessarily if he'd gone somewhere else, but they, they've had guys there, and they've done nothing. Yeah, I, can, let's be honest. I mean, folks drafting J.J. McCarthy in like the first 10 rounds of a C2C, stop it, okay? Just stop it. All right. Um, let's move on here. Who's next? Chris Moxley, Syracuse. Same question. Give us a recap and then tell us if it matters. So neither Garrett Schrader or Sean Tucker played. So Sean Tucker is the Debbie guy from Syracuse, the only player that you'll probably even look at in a Debbie draft. Um, but there were some inter really interesting takeaways, in, in, in my opinion. They brought in Robert Ane uh, for Virginia, and he was a player or a, a head coach or Office coordinator. How many times did I gotta say it to get it right? Um, he was an offensive coordinator under Bronco Menton Hall, who really emphasized the passing game. So last season they ranked third in neutral game script pass rate. Syracuse ranked eleventh in neutral game script pass rate. These are two very opposite ends of the spectrum, and it's gonna be a big difference to Syracuse this year. We saw that play out in the spring game. They were taking shots downfield, and what was interesting about what we saw was. They were actually like schemed up plays downfield. Last year, it was just Garrett Schrader, get back and chuck it because we're down 20 points. Like 
it's a very different and complex scheme. And I, I think that's exciting to, to be frank. I think that Ane is a good offensive coordinator, even though they ran him out of Virginia for calling like a fourth down wrong, which was such a stupid decision. I get Tony Elliott deal with that one, but I'm a little bit worried about Garrett Schrader. I don't know how good he's going to be in this offense to be, to be totally frank. He and Brennan Armstrong last season had the exact same percentage of their passes go beyond 20 plus yards. Schrader had 24% accuracy. Armstrong had a 46% accuracy. So you have to it best you have to believe that the on a system is going to help him improve accuracy. So I'm a little worried about that. But that goes into Justin Lamson, who I thought was really impressive as a redshirt freshman. He came in, he was up against second team, but made some really honestly impressive throws. If Gary Schrader struggles throwing intermediate and deep, Lamson's got a year at Syracuse. Like I, I'm not gonna totally discount the idea that he could step in if he that's the offense that Ane wants to run. Uh, I thought true freshman LaQuinn Allen was honestly better than I also anticipated. He was a three What position in. does he play? Get, remember, people do not yes, know some of these names. True, I don't true. know that name. I mean, Quinn come Allen on, let's go, Chris. A running Break back. it down. He's a running back, a three-star running back from New Jersey. He broke a 50-yard touchdown. He honestly had good speed and vision behind the line. I was, like, way more impressed than I thought I was going to be. So he's a fresh. Is he a freshman? freshman? Yeah, incoming freshman. So he's – You know, he has potential. Um, he was better than I thought he would be is the bottom line. I still think so he's Juwan backing Price. up Sean Tucker this year, could potentially he's, start next year. He's going to be like the 2-3 because Juwan Price looked okay too. Juwan Price is the transfer running back transfer in from New Mexico State. But I, I thought LaQuinn Allen was like, I don't know, he flashed. And if you flash at Syracuse, that's something. Honestly, there was nothing interesting in the receiving game happening. Um, uh, he, he, like That's probably enough on Syracuse it. football. I mean, that's we it. probably don't need to spend five minutes on uh, – I, I think it matters for, for CFF purposes. They're playing that spread offense. It's going to look different than it did last year. But Garrett Schrader had, like, one good game last year. Like, I, he's, he had one good game where he kind of blew up. So, I don't know. Passing. I don't know. He had, a, he had a ton of he, good fantasy games. He was – yeah, he was good fantasy-wise. I mean, he's not an NFL Didn't quarterback. Have, but. No, he's not an NFL, an NFL quarterback. The only thing – I'm going to go back and look at his game log. I thought that he was very inconsistent, and he had he's that one horrible game pass. where he had, like 50, he had like 54 points in a, in a game, and but then he'll score like five. So um, they play the ACC. Jared, Jared's in the in the comments that. saying that he's great for fantasy. So I mean, if they're if they're going to be if they're going to pass the ball more and spread the defense out, maybe that gives Garrett Schrader more lanes to run, which is uh, his strength. All right. I mean, Dwight um, Wardles was great for fantasy and NFL. Didn't make him a good quarterback. Just, just throwing that out there. I've yeah. literally never anybody heard anybody say they think Garrett Schrader is like actually a good player. Well, I'm just he's saying that's what Felix fantasy. was saying. He wasn't. He's not been good. And then everybody's hitting back that he was good in fantasy. Felix just said he's not a good quarterback. Then let's, uh, Chris Moxley, let's throw it to you for housekeeping. All right, let's. You've been good on this one, our- so let's go. Let's kick it off with the new website. Y'all saw we launched on 314. And if you haven't, go over and check it out. We have all the same stuff we had previously, tools, ranks. We've expanded to college fantasy. We've expanded our Debbie ranks. We've added ADP for both of those. Really great stuff. And there's more tools coming down the pipeline. Jarek, Jarek and uh, Jared, CFF Jared, who's in the chat tonight, um, shared a tool that they've been working on with our NIL tier. Really, really awesome stuff that'll help you in your fantasy drafts. And if you're a member at the site, you're also allowed in the Discord. 
the Discord is awesome. We do a bunch of uh, live stuff weekly, review different players. Um, you know, Felix was in talk about with Levis. Matt was doing and Matt was doing stuff two weeks ago. Austin was doing an AMA. Stuff happening all the time in the Discord. And I gave a call to action in the Discord and said, "Hey, if you write and review the show, I'll I will answer a question. You can give me your roster. You can have a topic conversation, whatever." So I held up at that end of the bargain. Todd, who we were talking about earlier. Todd asked, and I told him I would ask this on the show, please scold Felix for having Bo Collins as his wide receiver 38, despite the ADP of wide receiver 16 and our consensus wide receiver 17. So if you're in the Discord, you can scold any of these people on, on the show, and your name will get read. Great quality stuff. If you anyway, scold me, don't be surprised if you, if you find yourself out of the Discord to just uh... – I just I don't trust in the in Clemson in Clemson's offense, but um, okay. So that's the benefit of being in the Discord. There's a lot of great conversation. Um, We also have a prize picks promo code. Baseball kicks off tomorrow. NBA playoffs are coming up. Lakers were just eliminated, which I don't even know what it means for y'all LeBron haters. There's a lot of opportunities to do that prize picks promo code. It's C2C. If you you can, I think they'll match up to 100, dollars and if you do. Uh, put in at least twenty dollars, they will give you a. Uh, you get a CGC membership. YouTube. If page. you don't have one already, yes, go use that damn promo code. Prize picks C two C. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Come on. No, I I was just going to touch on the freeloaders. You know, I talked about this yesterday too. I'm getting really discouraged about um, the lack of rate and reviews on the show. To, to be honest, I see how many there are fifteen. People watching live right this second. It was higher earlier, and I see the downloads at the end of the week. We ain't got no reviews. We got one from Todd. What, what are y'all doing? All you got to do is the time that it takes for me to talk about this, you can be rating reviewing. I know how long it takes. Just do it. Just that's it. I don't care what you say. You could you could say whoa, the worst whoa, thing in the world calm about down. me. So you say the worst thing whoa. in the world about me. Give us a five-star review. Say whatever you want in the comment. I uh, nice. went and pulled up Garrett. I went and pulled up Garrett Schrader's fantasy game log. His last four games: 16, 13, 4, 14 points. Okay, before that, fifty-two, sixteen, and then thirty-eight, thirty-nine, twenty, twenty-five, one and one. He didn't start. Sounds the first like he won a few weeks year. for you. Well, I mean, like he won, I'm just he won you like three four weeks. Yeah. I Not mean, if matters. you get the up weeks. That's why you got to play in the best ball. All right. Um, we're talking buy lows tonight. Buy lows in Devi slash C2C. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do that. I think everybody's going to give their buy lows, and we'll talk about it. And then we probably need to post something on the Twitter page to figure out who has the best group of buy lows um matt you want to start us off i gotta change mine then i got catered to the twitter audiences (laughs) yeah uh this first one is um austin's guy i know he talked a lot about him last year and i'm kind of surprised he's still going as low as he is in drafts right now and that's taj brooks who has looked absolutely magnificent in spring camp uh i don't know who someone tweeted out a video of him earlier today might have been nick pentakoff i think um, you tweeted Nate. out a, a video of him. I'm sorry. I think it was Nate. Marquise. Oh, Nate. Okay. Nate. What, uh, Nate did. Um, he's getting like absolutely just rave reviews there. He, I mean, there, there's not a lot coming out of Texas Tech's camp for someone who's been like diving in and finding as much as I can. Uh, but he's the only guy that they're talking about. 
Uh, he came in. I, I wish I had my notes pulled up. Damn it. Um, he came in heavier than he was last year, but the, the coaching staff said he's not lost a step. He actually looks shiftier. He's doing a lot of receiving in, in camp as well. And he's going to be the lead back. Right now, he is going off the board at RB98 with a 200 ADP. Like, he probably doesn't have an NFL future, but you can still get him for two years on the college side. Like, I think you could offer something fairly low and get him. So, he's a guy that I would buy low. He had a couple good games last year. I think he could easily be a top scoring asset for you on the college side. Another guy in that same realm, EJ Smith. Uh, I know there was a little debate between a bunch of us on him the other day when I posted something sometime, I think it was last week. Um, he has now finally seems like he's got the chance to be Stanford's lead running back. And I know that doesn't sound that sexy, especially as bad as Stanford's offense was last year. But I do think the fact that he has shown how good of a rusher he can be, and he is a good receiving back that he's likely going to be the three down back for them. He's getting a lot of love from David Shaw, which he hasn't quite gotten the past two years. I think he can be a guy who produces well, because I do expect Stanford to take a step forward right now. RB 110 off the board with uh, 212 ADP. And last but not least, and I put this guy on there because I think this is the cheapest you will ever be able to get him. And that's why I say it's a buy low, and that's Matthew Golden. Uh, fresh, I almost said rookie. Freshman wide receiver going to Houston. Just, I know I love him. Austin loves him. I'm almost positive Matt and David, who both helped out with the guide, love him as well. Like, he was top for all of us. He is going to absolutely smash. I don't want you to get... Too excited if you look up on look him up on Twitter, you'll see his one-on-ones where he's just absolutely destroying those cornerbacks and breaking ankles. I don't know that he's going to do that in games, but I do expect him to have a good season this year. And then next year he'll be the guy when Dell leaves. Like I think this is the cheapest you will be able to ever get Matthew Golden. I would give whatever it takes to get him because I think he's going to smash for CFF. And I do think he has NFL upside as well. Like I, he's a guy that I'm very high on in this freshman class. I actually, I, I actually agree with you on Matthew Golden be a, being a potential NFL player. However, Nathaniel Dell still has like two years of eligibility left. Does he? I think, I think that he is a he he's is a, a third kid. year sophomore. He's a JUCO kid. Is he? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, Dana Holgerson's wide receiver one is someone you want to own, and Matthew Golden is a very talented player. So uh, I agree with you on that one. I'm actually in a league, and I hope that I'm able to get him. I'm uh, a few picks away from being on the clock, so hopefully someone doesn't snag him for me. So well, Matthews, let me, let me throw that out there because I put it in here, but I didn't mention it. He's wide receiver 109 off the board right now with 198.2 ADP, which I think is like he's going behind some freshman that I would not take ahead of him, and, and it's it's a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous, especially with how high we had him in our guide. I'm wondering if anybody's even looking at the damn thing because he was very highly rated for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, he can win in a number of ways and he knows that he's good. He knows that he's one of these wide receivers who, who knows how good he is. So Matthews uh, by lows were Taz Brooks, EJ Smith and Matthew Golden. I laughed on EJ Smith because I just don't think he's a very good player. Um, Austin, what, what are your by lows? Yeah, so I'm not surprised you like Golden because you kind of like those guys that have those flashy workout. Like I, Mario I Williams do, last yes. year, you were yes. you were all about you know him him running over cones and stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> the crazy thing about Golden's AP, real quick, Matt, because I have all of the like data broken down in front of me here. Um, he his ADP hasn't really gone up that much. 
Like, no I, matter I, how much I don't he, understand it. Like, since December, like, he's been, like, blank, then 198, 205, 194, 188, like, per, like by the month. So, like, he's not really moving. I, I, that, that boggles my mind. I just took him in a 28-teamer. Uh, and I, I think I, I stole him there. Um, speaking of players, I took in a 2018 or uh, Ontario Brown running back at NIU. I know Chris and I just don't agree on on him. And, and I, you know, he, he doesn't have any Debbie ADP for us. He hasn't been selected in any of our 10 round drafts uh, that we've conducted over at Campus to Canton uh, because we do have Debbie ADP. Uh, in addition to C2C and CFF. Um, but he does have C2C ADP, and even that's 193.4, or, or yeah, 193.4 RB89 overall. That is crazy low. There were four running backs last year at NIU. Two of them are gone, and NIU, outside of the service academies, was the best, most prolific rushing offense in the country. I don't expect that to change too much this year. That offense overall probably doesn't change too much this year. Uh, and Brown is one of those recruits that was just probably too good to be at NIU, but he's he's a semi-local kid, and he had some minor like attitude concerns coming out of high school that, that took him there. Um, but he, he tore it up last year at the end of the year. Um, through his last four games, I believe, he averaged like almost nine yards per carry. Um uh, 538 yards on the year, five touchdowns. The thing about him is he caught zero passes last year, like complete zero in the passing game for now. Like we want to talk about, like we're, we're fighting over uh, if, if Kenneth Walker can catch passes. Cause he caught a few, like we legit have zero idea about this kid, but I really like him. He's got really nice size. He's, he's listed at 214, 510. I, I think he's, he's listed at, at 225 now on their oh, website. Shit. Yeah. He reminds me, he honestly reminds me a lot of Jerome Ford. Take that for what it's worth as a player. I, I see some similarities there. Um, and then the other guy that I have, because I guess uh, Matt just decided we're all going to do these all in a row. Uh, Jaron Hall, uh, I quarterback. That's what Felix said. Oh, was it? He said to just do all years and then we'll talk uh -huh. about it. Yeah. All right. Um, Jaron Hall, quarterback at BYU. Now I am a little, I'm less high on him for Debbie. Again, pure Debbie. He's really, really old. These BYU kids like just always assume that they're like 30 when they come out of school, and you're probably correct. Uh, he, I think, I believe he graduated high school in 2016. So he's like 24 at minimum. Um, but he's like, he's getting some hype. Like PFF said he was a first round quarterback. Now, I don't expect that to happen. That's not what I'm saying. But if you can draft him, he has a decent year. These foolish media outlets that don't actually know what they're talking about hype him up. You can sell him on for a pretty decent price before you have to really actually commit to him, the player, at all. Um, dual threat kid, really, really dynamic. I, I don't like he's got some tools, but I don't I just I don't see an NFL quarterback there at all. Stranger things have happened though. But but I really really like him right now. His ADP is two twenty five in debt in our C two C QB sixty seven for a guy that's probably going to be a top twenty five ish fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, and I believe he has at least one year left there too. So he's a guy that I really like, and I you know for for a very uh, cheap price. I mean, it could be good for CFF. He is a dual threat quarterback. Uh, yeah, Ontario Brown listed at two twenty six now. Uh, at, at NIU. I mean, he is a big, big boy. He is a big, and quite frankly, he doesn't look or profile like a kid who would catch a whole lot of passes. So, um, all right. I guess we're, oh no, Chris Moxley. Let's go. Let's go to you. So, Austin's were Ontario Brown. 
running back out of uh, Northern Illinois, and Jaron Hall, the quarterback at BYU. I have come around on Ontario Brown a little bit, especially this year because Harrison Whaley is hurt, and he was the guy that I think would compete like 50-50 with him. So if we're getting like a 60-40 split between Ontario Brown and Harrison Whaley, I think that's really productive for Brown. So I'm not, I'm still not sold on his Debbie upside, but I am really interested in him this year more so than I was like a month ago before I knew about that Whaley injury. Um, so my three, I'll kick it off with a player that I'm not basing his value on ADP on. And that's Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler goes way higher in our ADP than I believe his value is. If you were to try to trade for him or you were to try to trade him away. I think there's a huge discrepancy between the two. I believe, I don't think he is nearly as valuable as, as his ADP is. I believe he's going as a top 60 pick currently. Um, and that's kind of crazy to me. Like, I don't think that he deserves to be there, but if you own Spencer Rattler, you are, you are happy to get that value back. The thing with Spencer Rattler, and the reason I think he can turn it around is We've seen him be great. We've seen him post like a 96th percentile adjusted yards per attempt season, a 92nd percentile QBR season. We've seen Spencer Rattler at his high. We've, we know he's a good recruit. We know he has the tools. We know he has the ability. He needs to cut down on mistakes. Last year, that was his issue. Poor decision-making really plagued him last year. There were some games where he still looked like the Spencer Rattler from 2020. It was an issue. I kind of like what they're doing at South Carolina this year. They are surrounding him with weapons. I think Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner, Corey Rucker, Josh Van, Antoine Wells. That's a good group of five key targets for, for a quarterback. I, I I really think that he could take the step that he was expected to take last year at South Carolina. And I'm a, I am a Marcus Satterfield, our offense coordinator, skeptic. But we've seen him adjust when he has the personnel to. Personnel to. I think Rattler could do it this year. And, and so well, I am I mean, buying at his trade value. He has all of the arm talent tools of a Matt Corral, who is projected to go in the first round. Not as mobile as Corral, but I mean, he was a five-star, number one overall rated quarterback. So yeah, he could absolutely put it together. But there's that parallel between he and Corral. Corral had that turnover-laden uh, season and then put together a good season this year. So Yeah, and I, I like – I just – his ADP is so high, and I don't think that reflects his value at all. Like, I think that I think that's way off, and I think I like I can't tell you why that is. I I think someone in the, every single draft is taking him too high, and that's kind of what's driving that. Um, my second guy, and I this is a player that I'm surprised is currently not going higher, and that's Preston Stone, the quarterback at SMU. There's a lot of indications that Preston Stone could win that job over Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai was not efficient last year. He was not in, like, given the context of counting stats, yes, he was good. But he, that offense has a much higher ceiling. You know, I was just on um, our, 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 our other YouTube show, The Official, talking with Matt and David, and we were talking about how Preston Stone is the guy that can elevate that offense to a next level. He almost took the job last year as a true freshman for Mordecai when Mordecai was almost benched. I think Preston Stone has a tremendous ceiling. He's currently going as QB 50, 233rd overall. I think that's way too low. And he's clearly going behind Tanner Mordecai. Their ADB should be flipped. I think think he's a tremendous value. Last guy. And this is a guy that I, I will, I will 
make any type of show bet we want. I am very convinced in this one. Oscar Delp, the tight end at Georgia, is going 230 in our ADP. I guarantee he goes 12 rounds higher next year. He's a tremendous tight end. An excellent tight end. Excellent athlete. He's 6'5". He has the frame to round it out to be 245, 250. Incredibly impressive at camp already. He's a true freshman. Um, all reports are that he's been fantastic. He almost chose South Carolina, but didn't. But Georgia's a place to go. Four tight ends, man. Like I'm, Delp is a, a wait-and-see guy because Brock Bowers is ahead of him. Ari Gilbert's ahead of him. Darnell Washington's ahead of him. But this is a guy who's turned a lot of heads in camp so far and was the number one tight end coming out in his class. He's a guy you wait for, but this is Debbie debate. He is a Debbie tight end that I want on my team. And he's going 230 in ADP. Just wait. Is he somebody who could run? I mean, just for someone who hasn't seen Delping, that's includes me. What type of player is he? Is he Rob Gronkowski or is he Kyle Pitts? I mean, how would you describe his play style? I don't know if I'd call him Kyle Pitts, but he played a lot out of the slot last year. He's a player who they moved around the formation and didn't just line up in um, in line. He was – I was going to pull up his stats. Like, he almost had 1,000 yards receiving as a, as, a, uh, as a tight end, which is impressive. He also had 14 carries last season. This is a guy who's, like, dynamic. And, and I, think he, I think he's a fine blocker. I think he can do it. I do think that he is – He's not Brock Bowers. I think Brock Bowers is like a really special athlete, but I think Delp's a really good athlete in his own right. Um, and he's a guy who will play multiple positions on the field. Austin Maybe is nodding his head in approval. He's my top tight end in the class. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's a phenom- he's a he's a fantastic player. I don't know. If he's like some special athlete, but he's a very good athlete who's very dynamic and lined up all over the field in high school. And those are the type of players that I want to target. And I think he's a more than willing and able blocker. All right, so Spencer Rattler. Oscar Delp, and who was your third? Preston Stone, quarterback at SMU. Preston Stone. Preston Stone of, of Parish Episcopal High School in Dallas. Um, all right. Uh, I'll be very, very quick. I'm going to give Austin some credit. This is a guy that we had discussed, uh, Jaden Bray, wide receiver at Oklahoma State. Sent me his highlight tape. We had texted about it. I was like, this guy is not any good. Was very good as a fr- true freshman last year. And Oklahoma State is one of these – schools where they have a penchant for developing a particular position in this case that outside wide receiver you've had des you've had uh uh, james washington you've had um tylen wallace so tay martin very underrated wide receiver there he is no longer there um and i think Bray could step in 13 catches for 250 yards last year 19.2 per catch he is going as the wide – I think it was 109. I just had it up, and I. he's going in the hundreds at wide receiver. And you're talking about a, a, a guy who could be the focus at least of their red zone offense for uh, the red zone passing game for, for Oklahoma State. Big athletic guy that um, needs – definitely needs to be rostered, but I would be buying low on Jaden Bray. And the other is, is Elijah Arroyo. You brought up uh, Oscar Delt. Elijah Arroyo, starting with uh, uh, there at Miami. Will Mallory is out of spring camp with a shoulder injury. I wish he would have gone to the NFL. Um, Elijah Arroyo, one of those players in high school who could line up at the slot, slot legitimately, play wide receiver, run double moves. I just I think that he is a really good player. Now, I hate the fact that he is at Miami. 
I think that Miami is going to take the fun out of offense there between uh, Mario Cristobal and Josh Gaddis. But Elijah Arroyo is one of those players that I am kind of waiting for. So let us know at uh, maybe we can get these uh, get these posted on the Twitter page and and you can let us know who has the best by lows at Debbie Debate on Twitter. I'm pretty worried about Jaden Bray. Why? I just think Talon Shetron's a better talent. They've said he looks really good in in spring so yeah, far. Yeah, I was going to say he's getting a rave um, reviews. Yeah, so I feel like they can I both from, start, I but that, I feel I like yeah, Shetron Shetron might uh might be the guy there. Poor Brennan Presley. Too freshman. No. Poor Brennan Presley. No, I don't. I'm I'm off the Presley. I'm he never stood a chance training. there, being the slot guy. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, is that it? That's, that feels like a very light. I mean, we normally go longer than that. Is there anything else? Did I forget anything? Yeah. I just want to toss out real quick as somebody a question in the YouTube comments. <laughs> there is a birthday floating around for Jaron Hall. For anybody that's not aware, that's January 1st, 2020. That birthday is not correct. People have found tweets from J, uh, from from his father, Jaron Hall's father, wishing him a happy 22nd birthday over two years ago. So he is at least 24 right now. So just want to toss that out for anybody that was not aware. Um, he, he is 24. Yeah, just to um, what Austin was saying about Cetron, um, I don't know that it's a bad thing for Bray, but he is getting a lot of love saying that like he's dominating in the red zone, which is unfortunate where you just said you wanted Bray to kind of dominate. They said that he's been like the way he's been using his size and everything with the team, like they would be surprised if he doesn't force his way onto the field as a freshman and be a dominant threat in the red zone for the for the Cowboys there or the Pokes, whatever the fuck they call themselves. Okay. All right. Shetron, Bray. Maybe uh uh Spencer Sanders is gonna have a good season between those two and Brennan Presley, who I'm I still like. He's not terrible, Jared. Jared's in the uh in the comments. Thought we were off of him. Are we are we claiming him just in case he hits, kind of? Or what? Felix wants his cake and he'll eat it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Play him both sides. That way you He's, always come out. playing both sides. Um, check out the website. Of course, there's always something new to read on the website and the Campus to Canton podcast feed. On Monday, you've got Chasing the Natty, uh, the, the CFF podcast on Tuesday, Campus Life. And on Wednesday, you are listening to Debbie Debate, Thursday, Canton Bound. And also Thursday on the YouTube page, the official, which I guess is going to feature Chris Moxley this week on Friday, future freshman, and then daily. Daily, the daily draft report. Dwight is doing a great job with those. And if you aren't checking out the spring practice recaps that Matt is doing, you really need to be doing. Our Discord has uh, responded really positively to those really informative stuff there. But that is going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Curb Street. We ran out of time. We will get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning and Austin Nason, Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Side of the field, intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith, touchdown, Alabama!
and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races! Nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.